With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Good afternoon, and welcome to episode 8 of High and Tight on Game Time CT. My name is Scott Erickson, and with me, as always, is my good friend, Pete Pagaga. What's going on, Scott? Not much, man. We are getting ready for state tournament baseball. It starts oh, today. God. We have been looking forward to this all season. Today's the day it starts. Yep. Hopefully the teams that we pick later in the episode can at least get through the first round. Yes, yes. Fingers crossed for that. Uh, there's truly no other tournament where first-round upsets can happen as much as in baseball. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's a good chance that any team could beat any. You know, baseball is a series sport. Yeah. You know, we talk about it all the time. Baseball is a game that's supposed to be played two, three, you know, three five-game series, and, you know, one-and-dones in baseball are, are very common. Right, because even those teams with eight wins, like we've said before, someone got those eight wins. Yeah. Some pitcher pitched those eight wins. Yeah. They usually have a really good pitcher that's going to go. Uh, I mean, we'll talk about the game specifically later, but there are going to be some good pitchers going against some good teams, and yep. if they get knocked off, it's not shocking in the baseball tournament. Yeah, no, know? absolutely not. And uh, I think, you know, it's kind of, you know, we're, we're going we're gonna to pick our teams, and we look at the bracket, and we might be able to be like, oh, this is easy, but one one buster, one Cinderella, you know, can change an, an entire bracket. Well, that's the first thing you said to me this morning. Like, I picked this bracket, and it seemed really easy. And I was like, none of those teams are going <laughs> It's and true. Not because they're not good teams. Yeah. Just because baseball, it gets so Something's out of gonna happen. so yeah. fast. Something's going to happen, and it's going to shake up everything. Right, and so. there'll be a double-digit seed in the finals or whatever, yeah. you know. I mean, look at what Foreign did last year. Exactly. So They're, they're the bellwether for look, this. Look, look no further than for that. Uh, but I'm very excited for this episode. I am, too. You know, every Tuesday when I drive down here, and yeah. it takes me like an hour and a half, and I'm like miserable the entire time, yeah. because like I don't like driving the back roads of Fairfield because the highway is a mess. I, when I was driving down today, I had a smile on my face. You know, I, I was I was pumping some jams. Yeah. You know, I was getting myself excited, and I'm like, this was the episode that I've been waiting to do all season. Like, this is the fun one. This is where we get to kind of play predictions a little bit, and uh, you know, really talk about all these great teams that you know we try throughout the season to try to get around the entire state and talk about all the different teams who are doing great things. This is when we get to focus on like all the teams who are playing in the state tournament. We get to highlight some great players. You know, some of these kids, some of these kids are going to go down in history of their schools as some of the greatest players of all time for what they do in, within the next five games. Exactly. So it's, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Not going to lie. It made my drive in a little less miserable. Yeah. I, I've been thinking about this episode a long time. Last night I spent a lot of time going through everything. Uh, over the weekend, obviously, we both did a lot of work looking at this. And we are really excited for this tournament going. Uh, real quick, let's go through the conference tournament winners uh, there were conference tournaments. They don't count towards states, but they're very important to they the kids. They are very important. And the tournaments are all really fun. We saw some awesome games. Uh, FCAC winner was Darian in extra innings over Staples. Mm-hmm. Um, Prep won the SEC. Uh, SWC, uh, Bethel beat Newtown. Yep. Uh, that was an upset there, but Bethel's had a really good program this year, always strong. Uh, East Line pulled off the upset of Waterford in the yep. ECC. Uh, another team we're going to keep an eye on in states. Uh, the NVL, the number one seed actually won. Yeah. Holy Cross. I think they may have been the only number one seed. Uh, they were. And Prep. Uh, and Holy Cross. Yeah, that's what I said. Holy Cross and Prep. Oh, Holy Cross and Prep. Number one seeds that. Ooh, read that wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. We got a lot going yeah. on. Uh, and then Cromwell beat Cockenchog in the shoreline. Okay. Um, the NCC. See, we believe had a tournament. No one sent us information on it. It's we couldn't hard. find anything. It's hard to find stuff when things yeah. aren't covered. As always, send us your stuff, and yeah. we will gladly discuss it, yeah. run it on game time. Like We want it covered. We want yeah. the information. Absolutely. So. so please share. Please share. Tweet at us. Email us. Pal, you know, I've gotten emails from uh, from people who listen to the show with information, stuff like yeah. that. So my emails are open. Uh, my DMs on Twitter are open. Slide into uh, my DMs. If you want to slide into my DMs and give me some baseball information, that's fine. 
But uh, yeah, definitely reach out to us because we definitely want to make sure that we cover as much as we can. And there's only two of us and a couple of writers that we have working for it, you know, working in this company. So we can't be everywhere. Yeah. We can't cover everything in the state. We try to do everything, but it's just impossible physically. Yep. Very much impossible. So. Uh, you got a couple of kids you want to talk about who did well in the <coughs> yeah. In so the we're standout performances, which has become I think my favorite segment of the week. I tweeted that out yesterday. I love because, like you said, we can't be everywhere. Right. So it's nice to highlight these kids who have done, you know, had great games and stuff like that. So this list is only six this week. It's going to be six players from the six championship games. So we're going to start in the FCX. Arthur Xanthos. Zan- Xanthos. Xanthos. I knew I had that right. He had the go-ahead RBI in the eighth inning of Darian's win over Staples in the FCAC. Uh, over in the SCC, Dan Falacaro had the go-ahead RBI single in the sixth inning in Fairfield Prep's win, 2-1 to win over hand. That was an excellent game we're probably going to talk about more of. Over in the SWC for Bethel, Jack Caratoro threw a complete game with six hits and eight strikeouts to lead Bethel past Newtown, avenging their loss last year in the SWC title game to Newtown That was last an awesome year. win for Bethel. So absolutely. Whenever we, anyone throws out that conference tournaments aren't important, to teams like that, oh, it's super Yeah, important. it totally is. Uh, in the NVL, um, Holy Cross won on a walk-off walk, but I'm going to give the shout-out to Corey um, F- Fapiano. He had two RBI. He had four RBIs. He had two to tie the game at two to two, and then he had a the game tying two run single in the seventh inning to make it five to five. Yeah. So clutch, great, great game over in the in the NVL. If you have a chance, uh, the Rep Amp covered it, uh, and they do you know they do a good job with their with their Waterbury teams. You could read that one. Uh, crazy game down in uh, in Waterbury, <clears throat> in Waterford. Dan Allard from uh, East Lime threw complete game seven hitter seven Ks seven innings seven Ks seven hits. And uh, East Lime beat Waterford to win the ECC title. And over in the shoreline, Noah Budzik threw a complete game, struck out 10. Seven of them were looking. Wow. Unbelievable. As Cromwell beat, um, Cromwell won the shoreline over Kogenschalk 1-0. And Kogenschalk got two guys on in the first inning with no outs. He retired the next three batters and then kind of cruised his whole way. But winning a 1-0 game, especially in a tournament like that, that's a that is a gritty performance. That kid's been pitching really well. Uh, we expect big things from him in the state tournament. Yes. One of the reasons why I think we're both kind of high on Cromwell. We I don't, we'll see when we get to the yes. picks. But uh, when you have pitchers like that in the state tournament, they can really <coughs> just put the team on their back yep. and, and carry you. Uh, all right, let's do it. Let's uh, let's get. We want to go over the top ten poll. The last well, one. Let's of the year. do the poll real quick. Yeah, yeah let's go. This is the, the last one of the year before the state tournament. Uh, nobody left the poll this week. Yep. Uh, Fairfield Prep goes in as the number one team. They've been number one for several weeks. Uh, it's well deserved. Uh, and then you know Windsor, South Windsor, they're all up there. Um, Staples is still in the mix. Like I said, nobody dropped out this yeah. week despite taking a few losses in conference. So the polls pretty much held the last couple weeks. Um, a few people this week voted the top four seeds as their top four teams, and I, I'm okay with that. You know that they, they moved Chicago, but I wouldn't have them as a top four team. Yeah. But I understand the sentiment. Uh, and from here on out. The poll is almost irrelevant because yep. the games will be decided on the field. Honestly, no out of the top ten teams, I would say maybe five of them will be there at the end of the year. Maybe, yeah. Depending on what's going to happen because obviously the double O winner, the L winner will be in there. The M winner will sneak in. Depending on who wins S, S might sneak in. Like if Tripog wins, I could see them being eight or nine Sure. if they win the whole thing. Um, then you'll get the double L runner-up, the L runner-up. I mean, that's 16, 17 right, right and there. Right, and an L, double L quarterfinal. Yeah, or something I like mean, that. you know, if you're the 32 seed, like Forum was last year, and you run the table and you win the thing, you might you might sneak into the top 10. You should, If you win a state title, you should sneak into the top yeah, 10. Yeah, so... Despite your record, even if you yeah. have a 10-10 record or whatever So I think, I think five of those teams won't be there uh, the next time that we... Uh, not the last time that we do this. Right, we're going to have a few more podcasts before this, yeah. but this is the last poll before the, before the state tournament starts, so. and the last poll before the final poll. Yeah. So that's the poll. Um... It's, it's fun to talk about. I am so ready I'm to so into this. I'm so pumped. I did so much research. I did more research for this than I ever did on any of my assignments in college. You know, that might be true. From the time the brackets came out Friday morning, I sat there all afternoon <coughs> just going through every class, tracking down information on kids from all the things. I got so excited when those brackets came out. Like we knew they were coming. We yeah. kind of knew the matchups. But when they're actually there and you get to see everything in front of you and then we have this podcast to work for, you know... I, I've had a really good time digging into this tournament. Uh, I don't know that I know any more now than I did before. No. 
But I sound like I know a lot more. We sound like we know what we're talking about. Exactly. Uh, And I love that. when People reach out all the time like, you guys do such a great job, this and this. And I'm like, yeah, no, absolutely, totally. Totally. (laughs) Well, someone said to me the other day, you guys are just like winging it on there. I said, "Uh, no, No, we're not. Not really. You know how hard it is pronouncing all the names? Do you know how hard it is just pronouncing Pete's name? (laughs) (laughs) So forget about all these kids. Kids that were trying to learn their names, and like we said, a lot of these things don't get covered a lot, so no. it's hard to find information yeah. on some of these teams. But there is information out there nowadays on most teams. Yeah. Um, let's start in Class S. Uh, the number one seed in Class S. Um, let me just get Class S up. Uh, is Chapag? Yeah. Chapag, uh, the best record in the state this year, nineteen and one, along with Prep. Uh, the question now is, is Chapag good enough to run through this tournament? Of course they are. Yeah. They can win through the tournament. They can go through the tournament. But Class S is really littered with a lot of landmines because you have a lot of private schools down there that probably belong at least in M, maybe up in L. Yeah. But it's a lot of landmines for these small public schools to run through. Yep. Uh, starting with the number two seed, Holy Cross. Uh, Holy Cross obviously is the defending champions. Uh, what do you expect from Holy Cross in this tournament? Uh, you know, I think this is Holy Cross. You know, I don't want to give away our picks yet, but I, I really yeah. think this is Holy Cross's uh, bracket to lose. Uh, they're so talented. Uh, like you said, I mean, we can have that whole private school, public school debate. We can beat it like, you know, beat a dead horse like everybody else does. Well, I think, every I think year. in Class S, it really. Yeah, absolutely. Is, is the place to come I the would most, love to know? see Holy Cross compete in, in, in Class L. Right. I, I, I really think they're that talented, and I would love to see them compete at that level uh, during the tournament. But, I, you know, I mean, this is Holy Cross's bracket to lose. Yeah. I mean, they, you know, uh, you know, June 9th or June 10th, whenever the thing is, Holy Cross should be holding the Class S title. And if not, so I would think that it would be a big disappointment for the Crusaders. And I was at Holy Cross's bottom of that draw, though, is the tougher part of that Class S draw yes. because you have Immaculate out of the SWC as a seven seed, uh, because you have St. Paul, who's obviously taken Holy Cross to the wire twice, uh, <coughs> the last game of the regular season, yeah. then again in the NBL final. Uh, and then you have Notre Dame Fairfield also yeah. in that bracket. So at least, at least they're all packaged together. They're all packaged together. So you know, you think one of those teams is going to come out. There's chances for other schools to yeah. come out of here too, but you would think one of those privates is going to come out of the bottom yes. half of this draw. What else have you seen in Class S, and who's a lower-seeded team that you have your eye on that, that you think could uh, push through and maybe make it to the quarters or semis? Yeah, this is this is just me being, you know, my little Berkshire League bias. Yeah. But I never, ever, ever count out Thompson. Yeah. Yeah. I never count out the Golden Bears. Um, I, you know, I, I almost picked them, to be honest. You know, I, I think they uh, Pat O'Neill has done a very good job there his first year. They, have, You know, Thompson's always there. They're, they're always in the mix. Right. And, like, you know, you win one game and you win another. And then all of a sudden you're getting hot and it's this can't-lose mentality and uh, Thomason had they have that swagger about them, yeah. And uh, so I think them as a fourteen, yeah. They have to play St. Paul, yeah, in the second round, which for them wouldn't be a far drive, right? So it's not like they're driving across the state. And again, it's baseball; anything can happen, yeah. So I, I would say Thomason as a fourteen is someone that really stands out to me. Um, but you know, even Westbrook as a, as the twenty four, so those SWC, uh, <clears throat> those Shoreline teams, yeah, always are always making runs. Yes, they have Cromwell, and you and I are both big fans of Cromwell in this right. in this bracket, and we'll get into that a little bit later. But I think if you're coming out of the Shoreline, there's a very competitive baseball conference, yeah, and I think that Westbrook is could really you know. You know, to use the the overused term, make some noise uh, here in the Class S bracket. One thing I'll say about Westbrook is they only have one senior on the team. Uh, that is not ideal going into tournaments. Although maybe they'll lose some. Oh, well, hey, at this point, a lot of those juniors are basically seniors. Basically seniors, but I think in tournament time, you do want to have some depth of, <coughs> of seniors that have played in the tournament before. Not that Westbrook can't upset Cromwell, but um, one of the teams I'm looking at is the Griswold East Windsor winner. Obviously, they get they would get Chapag in the second round, and that's not. A game that would be easy for Chapag because Griswold and East Windsor have both played pretty well at times this season, uh, and both have players and some depth at pitching that that can do pretty well. Yeah. What, what do you think about those two teams? Uh, you know, I think a game a sixteen seventeen type matchup is kind of like that 
it's, you know, when we talked about last week with the conference tournaments, that 4-5 matchup. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you're playing a very good opponent in your first round that's kind of up there with you. Yeah. So you have a lot in that game. That's a game where, you know, you kind of can't take it off. So you're going to, not to say that you don't give it your best in other games, but when you're playing a, a close-seeded game like that, you win that game, you take a lot of momentum. You know, if Chapag blows out Terryville yeah. and they kind of breeze through it, I mean, Terryville won seven games this year, you know. But they've played Chapag twice during the regular season because that's how the Berkshire League operates. Right. So this is their third time playing. Chapag beats Terryville easily, if they do. If they do. Griswold and East Windsor, the winner of that game is coming in hot, coming right. in with momentum. They could not. They could easily knock off Chapag. Yeah. Uh, Griswold's been up and down, but I, I wouldn't be shocked if they won. I, I'm not picking them to win that game, but Griswold out of the ECC, I think, is a team, if I'm going to look at lower seeds... The team that I think could slip through um, again. You don't know what you're going to get, you know, from Chapag. Their, their second pitcher is probably a little better than the second pitcher for Griswold, but you never know. Hey, uh, it, it's the, anything can happen. Anything can happen in this tournament. We're going to say that a thousand times. Gonna, yeah, we'll say it a thousand times. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so let's make uh, first our final four picks. Well, you want to do our players to watch first? Oh yeah, let's do some players to watch. Let's do the players to watch. That's a good idea. You want to give one? I give one. You give one. I. We'll do a little, you know, right. draft. Let's, let's do a draft, yeah. All right. All right, so I'll start with Dom Parachi from Chapag. Uh, he's been really leading their talented pitching staff. He's been their number one guy. they got some really good pitchers, but he's the top. Um, he's going to be called on to pitch really, really big innings over the next couple weeks. If Chapag's going to make a run, this kid's got to have a good tournament. All right. I'm going to go with Julian Thayer from St. Paul. We've talked about him all year. He is... Probably the top of my list of players that I need to go see this season. Yeah. Um. So I will be making my way to a St. Paul game at some point during this tournament run. I've I've I heard he just mashes. Yeah. He he pitches. He plays a little short. Plays a little infield. But he can hit. And uh, so he's a guy that I'm definitely looking at. Yes, only a sophomore. But if St. Paul is going to make a run, it's going to start with him. And I'm I'm very excited to see him play. Uh, I'll go with Fran Phelan from Holy Cross. Um, he's all state. He was all state last year. Uh, again. You're going to need that number one kid yep. to be dominant. You're going to need him to pitch seven innings. You're going to need him to keep his pitch counts down, yep. save your bullpen. Number one starter has a lot of responsibilities in this tournament. <coughs> if Holy Cross is going to repeat, this kid needs to pitch well at the very top of that rotation and set the tone for the entire tournament. Uh, who else do you got in, in uh, class? Hector Alejandro from Sacred Heart. I saw them play against Holy Cross earlier this year. Hector was unbelievable. You know, Holy Cross got to him late. You know, I think it was a two to one game. It was a really close three to two game. Uh, Hector Alejandro was awesome. Yeah. Um, they have Canton in the first round, and I think it's a very winnable game with Hector on the mound. The problem is they're going to run at the Holy Cross in the second round. Yeah. And without Hector, you know, if Hector doesn't go in game one, he goes in game two. They have a shot. But yeah. I don't think I think they're going to go with their guy in the first game. And uh, you know, he can take a team. Far. If they had a different break in the bracket. I might be liking Sacred Heart a little bit more, but they're running into their NVL opponents in the second round. But Hector is unbelievable. Um, only a sophomore, and uh, the kid, the kid, the kid can pitch. The yeah. kid can just flat out pitch. He can single handedly win you games. Uh, one of the reasons I like St. Paul in this tournament is because you've named a pitcher. Now I'm going to name another pitcher, and that's uh, Ethan uh, Rembish. Uh, he's just been their bulldog this year. Yeah. Every time that kid takes the mound, he's eating up innings. He's pitching really well. Um, I think since they have those two guys, that can really be dangerous yeah. in Class S. Uh, St. Paul, you know, I'll talk about them later, but they're one of the teams I really, really like in this class. And it's that's one of the reasons. Is when you have two really good pitchers, especially at the lower levels, it can be you can be dominant. Yeah. You can be absolutely dominant. Absolutely. Um, I'm going to go with Noah Budzik from Cromwell. We spoke yeah. about him earlier. You need that number one. I'm a big fan of Cromwell in this tournament, and a big reason why is Noah Budzik. Uh, you have a guy like that, a gamer, a guy who can just flat out play. Yeah, I'll take him any day of the week. And those shoreline teams, you know, we I say it all the time when we get to this Class S tournament. See shoreline teams all the time who make these runs. Yeah, and I, I think this year it's it's going to be Budzik and the Panthers. Yeah, uh, you got one more for Class S. I do, I do. Yeah. Again, I'm gonna my 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 Birch League bias is showing, <laughs> but uh, I got to give a shout out to John Wilson over at Thomaston. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's someone who not only is a very good baseball player, and if Thomaston's going to win 
a couple of games in the tournament is going to be because of him. But this kid just, like, bleeds Tomlinson. Like, yeah. he's been around the program. You know, his dad, Rick Wilson, is a freelancer for the Pumpkin American. You know, John used to be at games when I was working up there as a kid. And he's just so passionate about Tomlinson. And, like, if they're going to win games, he's going to will them to win games. So this is more of a on-the-field slash off-the-field kind of uh, importance that he has to that program. I love the pride that the small towns have. Yeah. In their towns, yeah, you know I mean, what I mean, it really is. It's it's more so in the small towns, yeah. I think. Than the I mean, towns. and they're gonna, they're the softball team's playing a home game as well today too. So this is what they did a couple of years ago when both teams actually went to the finals. <laughs> um, they do they they're gonna play back to back, but yeah. their fields don't have fences. Yeah. So like they kind of they're not gonna play at the same time. But they play back to back. They allow the kids out early because the school's right there and. You can leave school early if you go to the game. And as they, a fan. Yes, as a fan. Yeah. And they pack. It's that's like awesome. on a hill. It's like down from the road. So all the kids today, like, you know, fill the hill. Oh, that's that's awesome. my air quotations that nobody can see. Um, they fill the hill and then they stay for the baseball game and then everybody just congregates over to the softball game. It's a really I, cool atmosphere. I, and it's great for us because when I was there, I used to cover both games. I love covering the FCAC and the SEC. I love the competition and how good the teams are. I really wish I could go do some of these more of these small town things because I fun. love that small town atmosphere. It's, I love how excited the kids awesome. get from yeah. the school to go watch their friends play. It, it, it's just bigger at the smaller schools. Yeah. The kids who go to bigger schools get a little more blase yeah. about stuff yeah. like that. You know what yeah. I mean? No, absolutely. So, that, so that's what I said. So I wanted to give John a shout out. And John is an avid listener of the podcast. So, you know, so we love that. Doubly good dude. Yes, absolutely. If you're a listener of the podcast. Yeah. Um, all right, here's my final four from Class S. Uh, I'm going to take Holy Cross as one of the final four. Uh, then I'm going to go with St. Paul, Old Saybrook, and Cromwell. Uh, my championship game is Cromwell versus St. Paul. And my Class S winner is St. Paul. Wow. I picked St. Paul to win the NBL. I was wrong. I'm going to go back to the well. I'm going to pick him here. Uh, I think the perfect revenge for St. Paul would be beating Holy Cross, Holy Cross to get to the final, which is what they would have to do. Uh, again, there's some really good teams in here. You know, Notre Dame, Fairfield, Old Saybrook, Immaculate. I'm not going to be surprised if any of those teams <coughs> run through and win the championship either. I'm not going to be surprised if Holy Cross wins it all again. But my pick, I'm going with St. Paul. I feel like they got a chip on their shoulder from being disrespected all year and that's who I'm taking in class S. Yeah, as much as, and I would love to pick St. Paul too. Sure. Um, I didn't, but here's my final four uh, Holy Cross, St. Paul in one of the final fours, NVL matchup. And then the other one, number nine, Cromwell, and number 12, Portland. Love it. I just great I love those time. shoreline teams. It's a great baseball I love time. those shoreline teams. Those are the RCP, a lot of the RCP. Yeah, there are a lot of the too. RCP kids. Yeah. They know how to win. Um, and then I'm going with Holy Cross, Cromwell in the finals. And I'm going with Holy Cross. All right. It's their bracket to lose. It's their state tournament to lose. Would I like to see them play in a higher bracket? Yes, absolutely. I think this team is top 10 worthy. Yeah. Which means that they should cruise to the Class S title. Okay. Uh, so we both have Cromwell in the final. I got St. Paul winning over Cromwell. You have Holy Cross, Holy Cross winning over Cromwell. Um so hopefully Cromwell doesn't lose in the first round, and keep <laughs> we <laughs> rip our brackets up. We can at least keep the keep it going for. Well, more no, than we already then. said if we lose all our champions in the first round, we'll be back at it tomorrow. Yes, if if every one of our champions goes down today, then we're doing an emergency podcast, podcast tomorrow, tomorrow and, re, and repicking. Yeah. I'm I'm excited. I hope that happens just so we can go to the diner again tomorrow morning. <laughs> double breakfast. Yeah, double breakfast. <laughs> oh my god! All right, let's move to. Uh, Class M. Class M's kind of... Um... I'm going to be honest with you. This is... Um, you know, we, we did the softball podcast <coughs> yesterday uh, with Ryan Lacey. And I was really excited about the Class M softball bracket. This one, this one, not so much. Yeah. Um. Well, Class M softball is kind of the best. Yeah, I know, I know. There's just a lot that can happen. I think this is the most wide open bracket. There yeah. aren't teams that you don't sit there and look and go, Oh, Holy Cross is definitely going to win this. You kind of look at it and you go, A 30... A three, a two, a one can win. So that's exciting in that thing, which means that it was so hard to research this bracket. That's so probably hard. why I'm where I'm coming from. <laughs> it was so hard to research this bracket and be like, either, like looking at a game, there was no, oh, this is definitely going to happen. Not that that happens in baseball, but you're looking at it and it's like, hmm, Ansonia Wilkett, Ansonia's got Ricky Torres. Yes. It's Ansonia could easily win that game. Sure. And you're sitting there and you're going, God, this is so hard. Like, it's the most wide-open bracket. 
it was definitely the hardest. And like you look at a second round matchup, a potential second round matchup, if Montville and St. Joe both get through, yeah. that's a game you could see as a final. Yeah, I, mean, I was going to say, it, that's a final or semifinal. Game. That's a semifinal final game right there. Uh, but St. Joe's obviously a young team, uh, but they come out of the FCAC, so they've been playing double L schools all year. Yeah. They always do well in this tournament. Um, but I like Montville. We'll talk about them a little bit later. But uh, So let's talk about Haddon Killingworth a little bit. They're coming out of the Shoreline Conference. Uh, they're obviously the number one seed. Um, and if it wants to reach the finals, it has to get by one of the teams that did lose to this year in Kogginchog. Kogginchog knocked them off at one point in the regular season, so they'd have to make it through that. I mean, they have a hard... I think it's a hard draw. Look, second round, they're either running into Valley Regional yeah. or Northwest Catholic. Uh, Kogginchog, like you mentioned, or Seymour. Or Seymour, yeah. I, I mean, that is a hard... To get to the semifinals, HK might have the hardest road to get to the semifinals out of any team. I think so, and then, and then they'd have to go through Montville or St. Joe or whoever makes it out of that part to get... I don't have either of those. Right. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, Haddon Killingworth, I think of all the number one seeds, has the hardest road. Because yes. I think Class a, class M, uh, you really get a mix of schools. Yeah, there's, like, there's no drop-off between the best team and the, the highest-ranked team and the lowest-ranked team. There's some, but not a ton. Not as much as there is in, in others, yeah. in, in the other conferences. Um some of the other teams I'm looking at here, you know, Walcott is obviously a team. Um, their two losses this season both were by one run. Otherwise, they, they rolled in the NBL. You know, they're right behind what Holy Cross was doing. Sneaky good team. Uh, Granby Memorial. I think Granby Memorial really wants to prove that coming out of the NCCC, that a 17-3 record's not soft. You know what I mean? Yeah. They want to prove themselves in a state tournament. Um Lewis Mills obviously was the team that beat Chapog this year. They're in that they're in that conference also, uh, and then Montville, the team that knocked off Holy Cross and Waterford this year, if they can get by their first round game and St. Joe's, <coughs> is definitely a team yeah. I could see playing in the final. What, what what else do you see in this bracket? I see wide open. Yeah, I, and I just you know you're look you just look at all these matchups and there's a handful of them and you're like all right whatever. But then, you know, you got Northwestern and Nanawak in the first round. Those are two Berkshire League teams who've played twice this year. Um, Woodland and, 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 St- and Stonington. Stonington won the ECC last year. They're a pretty good team coming out of a strong ECC, and they're going up against Woodland, who's coming out of a strong NVL. Right. Um, you could even say that about Brookfield coming out of the SWC. The SWC is a very good conference. And you got East Catholic, who's coming in as a 13th seed. That is a proud program. Yeah. They're not going to go down quietly. Then you have Plainfield. Added also the ECC, who has kind of quietly put up a sixteen and four record, right? You know, and then and Seymour to the NBL. There's just so many Oxford and Coggenshaw could probably be the best first round game in 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 Class M. Oxford's coming out of the NBL. They have a good program, and you know Coggenshaw is also very good coming from the shoreline. And Bacon Academy coming out of the ECC. I mean, that's not a team that I've picked to go to the Final Four, but. Not going to be shocked if Bacon yep. runs through it either. They played really well in this ECC. They put up a ton of runs against some really you know, good teams this year. You know, they have a pretty. You look at their bracket. They were pretty favorable. You know, bracket to get into the quarterfinals. Their depth of pitching could be an issue in a tournament situation. But yeah. when you can score as many runs as Bacon's been able to put up this year, you can hang in some of these games. Yep. Uh, all right, let's take a look at a few players um, from <coughs> Class M here. Uh, I'm going to start with Jim Evans. Uh, Evans from St. Joe's has just been crushing the ball all season. He's been their best hitter. He's been one of the better hitters in the FCAC. I think this kid's going to have a monster tournament just feasting on pitching in, in Class M. Yeah, I had him on my list as well. Um, big fan of his. Yeah, He's a, just an absolute monster. He, he mashes. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Owen uh, Marcia from yeah. uh, HK. Yeah. I got to see him play. Uh, the kid's a baller. Uh, shortstop. Big kid, big tall, comes in and closes for HK as well. He started and closed this year, right? He's yeah. Both, yeah. <laughs> but he was used a lot towards the beginning. He was more of a closer coming, kind of like that Will Lucas role. Right, that super closer role. Yeah. yeah. I Where love it's like he comes in, he played pitches two or three innings, kind of yep. shuts the door. The thing with HK, and yes, they're 18 and 2. Maybe did they, they obviously started really hot. Yeah. Are they back down to earth? Which team are we going to see? Right. And I think it all starts with Owen. Yeah. And if he can play well, I think HK will play well and make a run. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to take Jack Drury from Walcott. Uh, he's a power-hitting corner infielder. Just been ripping the cover off the ball all season. I expect him to keep hitting. 
Uh, I think Walcott is a team that I really like in this tournament to make a run, and I think that his bat's going to be the you know the centerpiece of, of that offense. Yeah, and um, I mean, Walcott, I'm a big fan yeah. of um, as well, so he definitely will be the catalyst for that team. I'm going, and this is the team that's playing Walcott in the first round. Ricky Torres from Ansonia. I know yeah. I've talked about him a bunch. No, but he's huge in this tournament. But he's, he's very important. Ansonia's a 30 seed they got him with seven wins because of the percentage points and or the whatever whatever the however you got him. They got in, but he's a guy who can win you a game. Yes. And then you get into that second round game between Northwestern and Ottawa from the Berkshire League, and now you're kind of on even footing at this point. He's a kid who would be the number one starter for a lot of teams. Yeah. So that's the danger of these single elimination tournaments. So Walcott's got a, their hands full with that kid yeah. in the first it round. It might be on paper it's a three versus thirty, but on, in in the field, Ansoni has got their best team out there. Yeah. Uh, my next kid is Kyle Alvarez from Lewis Mills. Uh, he's been one of the best pitchers in the Berkshire League this year. Uh, one of the best pitchers in Class M, one of the best pitchers in the state. No. Uh, Lewis Mills is another team when we get to our picks that I really like in this tournament, and he's a key reason why. He, he's really dominant on the top of that rotation. So those are the kids that we like uh, in Class M. <laughs> uh, let's hear your picks. Uh, uh, for my final, final four. four? Yeah. All right, so at the top of the bracket, I have uh, number nine, Seymour. I love it. Um, versus number four, Plainfield. I, I love Plainfield. I'm all aboard the Plainfield bus. Um, also, I'm on Seymour. Um, Seymour had a great season. Um, they, they they did not like my NVL story that I wrote earlier this year. Okay. I don't think I, they think I gave them enough love. So I'm giving them the Here's love the now. Love. Here's, Here's the love. Here's the love. I, I like Seymour You're a lot. Going to the final. I four love season. the NVL in these M and S tournaments. Sure. And that's why I'm going with number three Walkit okay. and number ten Lewis Mills. Love it. I, I I I talked about Lewis Mills in the notebook two weeks ago. They're hot and they're playing very well. They beat Chapag. Um, this is a team that didn't have a game until two weeks into the season. Yeah. They played all 20 games in 36 days. They're getting hot. This is a team that went to the finals last year and ran into Mike Burroughs and Waterford. Right. They're not in there this year. This is a Lewis Mills team that can make a deep run. Fortunately, they're playing Walkett. Yeah. Uh, in the finals, I have number four, Plainfield, and number three, Walkett. Mm-hmm. And I'm sticking with Walkett. I picked them to win the NVL. I'm riding the boat. Walkett over Plainfield in the Class M title. I love those picks. And to show you how crazy it is, uh, I do not have either of those teams in the championship game. Yeah. Uh, so my final four is uh, two of your teams, uh, Walcott and Lewis Mills. Mm-hmm. Uh, really like Lewis Mills. Um, and then I picked Montville. Uh, you know, again, I like St. Joe's a lot. And when I was thinking about this, I would have put St. Joe's and Montville in a championship game potentially, but if they're going to meet in the second round, yeah. Montville's just knocked off some teams this year. Like I said, they beat Holy Cross, they beat Waterford, they know how to win these games. Uh, it's a great baseball town, and no disrespect to St. Joe's, but Montville is my other Final Four pick, and then my last Final Four pick is Cock and Chog. Uh, you've keep mentioning the Shoreline League. I really like these teams out of the Shoreline League. Yeah, I like this team out of the Shoreline League. I think this team can make a run here. They've played well against really good teams this year. And I think they could be a Final Four team. Uh, so my Final Four is Montville, Coggenshaw, Walcott, and Lewis Mills. In the final, I have Montville against Lewis Mills, uh, with Montville taking the Class M Championship. Nice ECC Championship. Nice little ECC Championship there. Storied uh, program up there. It, it is. And I like the ECC a lot. I don't. Maybe I'm wrong about that, but I think that it's a really strong baseball conference, especially this year. I just think there's some really talented teams coming out of there, and they obviously don't get the love as much as the SEC and the FCX yeah. sometimes. Um, but we, we, we try. We try, and they're, they're hard to ignore when, when they have such good players. Yep. Um, speaking of teams from the ECC, <laughs> let's move on to Class L. Uh, Class L, to me... It's like, the best bracket. It's the best bracket, and when you look at it, you think, okay, the top four teams are really good, and that's going to be the chalk, and they're all going to make it to the Final Four. That's what I think. <laughs> right. But that's insane. That's not going to yeah. happen in the baseball tournament. But the more I kept looking, I was like, ah, I can't pick against any of them. Like, I can't pick against any four of them. I don't actually think all four will make it through. If they do, that's amazing. I'm picking all four. I'm picking all four also. We probably have a different final and a different winner. Yeah. Um, but there's so many players to watch in this bracket. I have ten. So many players to watch. I so, have ten. Um, let's How many start. do you have? I have four. I have ten. I have four. So why don't you start? <laughs> 
So I'm going to spread off the bat. Yeah, why, why don't we just do this? Mike Burroughs is awesome. Mike Burroughs is awesome. Let's move on. Um, I got Jeremy Nunes from Windsor. Uh, I got to see Windsor play earlier this year against Weathersfield. They were both undefeated at the time, and Windsor really gave it to Weathersfield. Um, and Jeremy Nunn, he's a he's a good hitter. He's a, he's a great player, but he just is like that heart and soul of that team. Just the way he the kid you know handles himself, the way he talks in interviews. He's team team team. We we we. He he likes to have fun. You know, he's just kind of that guy, and he's. You know, if they're going to make a run, it's going to be because of him. Yeah. And he's going to be at the heart of that, whether it's what he does on the field, what he does off the field, what he does in the dugout. This kid is super important to this Windsor team. Uh, I'll go with Justin Guerrero from Watertown. Uh, he's going to Fairfield University. He's an all-state shortstop. He's been carrying Watertown this year. Um, they're a team, I think, that could win a few rounds in this tournament. Yeah. I, I don't have them picked as a Final Four team, but they're one of the teams I could see upside in the apple cart in this tournament. He's been awesome. He won the rock a few times, whatever they call the rock. Up there. I love it. <laughs> uh, so he's my he's my first player to watch. It. Who else you got there? Um, Josh Rubino yeah. at Guilford. Okay, Guilford comes in as the 10th seed, and they're playing Eastline, who won the ECC, who yeah. won four games to win the ECC because they have the playing round in the ECC. But he is so good. He's been a part of, I want to say, three no hitters this year. One was in five. He he split it. It was a five inning no hitter. He was part of a seven no hitter the first game of the year, and then he threw a no hitter by himself. Yeah, he's unbelievable. And again, you have that pitcher in a game; they're going to have to play well to beat East Lime because East Lime's coming in with that big win streak. Yep. So I think Josh Rubino, he could be the guy. And they Guilford, the bracket kind of breaks their way. Yeah, um, and he's going to be a big reason why. I think he's an unbelievable pitcher. I don't think he gets talked about that much because Guilford is thirteen and seven, yeah. and there's all those other teams and talented players in the SEC. I think Josh kind of gets left to the wayside. But I spoke with the kids from Foreign at the SEC championship game. Yeah, and uh, they just kept they they couldn't stop raving about how you know they were just like this guy's really good. Like you know people need to pay attention to how good he is. You know, that's one of the great things about the conference tournaments is when teams from others. Teams that aren't playing show up. Coaches don't show yeah. up. And you can talk to them about the players in the league and what they saw and how yeah. they saw the best players. And you get a whole different perspective from players' perspectives. And then you get the coaches' perspectives. And you can really... Because they see kids differently than, than yeah. the way we see them during games. Yeah. Uh, the next kid I want to talk about is Zane Kamidic. I hope I'm pronouncing his name right. From Brantford. Um, <coughs> he's been pitching for Brantford for four years. He's the key to their depth. Uh, if they're going to make a run... He has to be on point at the top of that rotation, and that rotation has to live up to the expectations that, and be as good as we thought they were in the preseason, yeah. which I still think they can be. I think Brantford is a really sneaky yep. team, that, that can another team that can make a run here. But uh, this kid is a really, really solid pitcher, and they're going to need him to pitch really well in this tournament. Yeah. Um, you know, then I'm going to go with I'm going to go with Kyle Schaefer from Hand. I like now. That. Kyle is, is the ace for Hand, who was the number one team at one point this season. They had a lot of high expectations. Uh, they I think they matched them. I think they might have even surpassed them with the fact that they went to the SEC Finals, uh, lost in a one-run game. Um, Kyle's great. I, you know, I want to mention Eddie Sweeney as well from Hand, but he's, he's hurt right now. Yeah. He didn't play in the SECs. I don't know what his timetable is to return, but if they can win one or two games without Eddie... And then you're adding a, a bat like Eddie Sweeney's into the lineup. Watch out. Yeah. Um, but Kyle Schaefer is, you know, the guy that I'm going to go with from hand. God, Class L is so good. Um, I'm going to take next Alex Rosario from Windsor. Uh, he's been dominating the CCC. I think Windsor is a team that's ready to show themselves on, on a big stage against the teams from, from the southern part of the state. Um, and I think he's going to be a huge factor in Windsor playing well in this tournament and I think he will play well and I think he's going to really shine he's a kid that we don't haven't talked about I don't think we've even mentioned yeah. him on the podcast but he's been one of the better pitchers in the state yeah he year. was the one who pitched in the Weatherfield game like, I, I got oh, to see it, it. Right, yeah. he's good he's a hard throw he's a not a hard throwing lefty but he, he throws strikes he lets you know he struck out a bunch of guys yeah. uh, against a really good Weatherfield lineup uh, I'm going to go with uh, Bethel's Jack Caractoro we talked about him he won the SWC game we don't need to talk about him more but you know, they have a big matchup against number 18 Berlin in the first round, and then their second-round matchup is probably North Haven. Yeah. So getting that first one is going to be huge for them. Jack's been unbelievable, and, uh, you know, he's shown that he can pitch in those big games, so this will be nothing for him. And then uh, just a couple other kids I want to mention. Uh, Peyton Farina over at North Haven, the number two. Talk about heart and soul of the team. He's the center fielder. He's the number three hitter. 
the the team goes with Peyton. Um, then over in Platt, no, number seven seed Carson Kuhn. Uh, they got Lyman Hall in the first round. Then they got Guilford. They might have Guilford in the second round. That's going to be interesting because if Rubino pitches game one for Guilford, Car Kuhn pitches game one for Platt. That's really anyone's game in the second round. Yeah. So Platt could possibly sneak into the quarterfinals, which would be wild to see for them. Uh, big fans of theirs. Uh, talk about Weatherfield, but Jimmy Sullivan, the center fielder, who goes, he's going to UVA uh, to play at Virginia. That guy, he could just take over a game. Yeah. He's an excellent center fielder, and he can mash. The yeah. kid just hits dingers. And then, little known, uh, Torrington's a 22 seed. They do have a pretty favorable, 27 seed. They do have a pretty favorable matchup against Ellis Tech in the first round. Yeah. And a guy like Cam Serrato, their catcher, who's a West Point commit, I want to talk about someone who mashes. This kid has like seven or eight home runs this year. All he does is hit home runs. Um, he's a guy who can, you know, kind of take over a game. He's an excellent catcher, and he's their best hitter. So he's definitely one of the better players that uh, I really wanted to mention in this tournament. There's some awesome first-round matchups. They're really um, You know, New London, Watertown, Waterford, Notre Dame, West Haven. Notre Dame, West That's Haven. The That's the best one. It's going to be such a tough <laughs> matchup for Waterford to get through in that first round uh, because they have a pitcher, uh, front-line rotation pitcher, uh, I think Branford Mastic's an awesome game. Could never pick a winner of that, but I think both those teams could be double-digit seeds that advance I mean, because it, they're in that same that, that draw with that Cheney, Tepney, Smith. That four-team bracket, Waterford, Notre Dame, West Haven, Fitch, Bristol Eastern, Cheney, Tech, E.O. Smith, and Branford Mastic, I have five five teams who can go to the semifinals from that bracket yeah. in my head. Yeah, I, I, think, I think Double L is obviously the best this year, but the L bracket is really, really intriguing. It is. And like we said before, I tried to pick some upsets here, but I just couldn't go against the top four because I feel like the top four have really separated themselves this year. And yes, you know, there's only a, you know one win difference between Waterford and Cheney Tech, but the games they played are different. different yeah. they're, they're, they played it against a different level. Um, you know, Platt's one of the teams, like you mentioned them, Platt and Watertown and Weathersfield and Branford. I could see those teams making a run. But I didn't pick them to make yeah. a run, you know. Um, obviously, if there's anyone else that I forgot to mention in here, I, I don't think so. You know, Massick has played well, um, but again, they have to get through Brantford in round one. Uh, but I think the winner of that game could definitely be a team that makes some noise. Yeah. Um, so we all, we both have the same final same four. Same final four. Windsor, Waterford, Waterford, North Haven, Hand. Pure chalk. Yeah. I feel a little bad about it, but like I said... It's I, hard to pick against any of those four teams. I just think all four of those teams are... State championship worthy, yeah, without question. Absolutely. You know what I mean. And that was the only. This is the only bracket where I went with the top four seeds. The only bracket where I really, really felt strongly about that. Again, I don't actually think all four will make it through. Yeah. It's just like picking a March Madness bracket, and you're doing. It and you're like, how did I get all four one seeds in the finals? Right, but in this case, I, I am. It's hard to pick work. against. It's like you said; those are four state championship teams, right? Right. There. And uh, so obviously the, we're only giving out one. Right. So for the championship game, I have Waterford against North Haven, and I am taking Waterford to win the championship in Class L. Okay. I have Hand and Waterford in the yeah. finals. Um, the way that I did it in my head, I, I, I'm i going to go with Hand. Yeah. Hand over Waterford, I think. I just Hand has had such a special season this year, and you know I go back to the preview that I got from Coach Point, and he was so high on this team, so excited about this team, and a lot of teams are like, oh, yeah, Hand always has high expectations. Oh, everyone always talks Hand in the preseason, and they backed it up this year. They did, and I think if they're going to be getting Eddie Sweeney back in the tournament, like yeah. watch out. It's, yeah. it's like adding like a guy at the trade deadline. Yeah, you know you have a guy come in there, and I, I got to see them. Um, in the SEC Finals, this is a good team with a lot of talent. Guys like Cam Fitzgerald and Paul Gag- Gagliardi, they have a lot more talent other than Schaefer and Sweeney, and I'm going with Daniel Hand. That's an awesome pick. I think it's really great. I think it would be awesome for that program, for that town to win a state championship. Like you said, they've had high expectations before and not followed through. It, it, baseball is a weird sport like that, but we both have been high on this team <coughs> from the preseason. We both think the SEC, I, I think, is the best conference this season, uh, top to bottom, yep. uh, and with the, with the most teams that can make a run here. So those are our picks um, for Class L. Again, hopefully they make it through at least the first round. <laughs> uh, let's move on to the big one, <clears throat> Double L. Double L is so loaded this year, it's crazy. I mean... 
when you look at a team like Prep, who's the number one seed, they have to play Norwalk out of the FCAC in the first round. If they win that, they get either Southington or the one team that beat them this year, Trumbull, as the 16 and 17 seeds. That's brutal for a number one seed. You don't usually say that, you know what I mean? No. Like you kind of usually look at the number one seed and say, all right, put them in the quarters, yeah. and then we'll deal with you them. You even look at the two under there. I mean, McMahon playing Simsbury. Simsbury awesome is very game. good. A very good pitcher, uh, Jack uh, D'Onofrio. McMahon's good. McMahon's good. And then you got Wilton and East Hartford in the game. And the you know the winner, the winner of that game is playing the winner of Simsbury McMahon. We could easily have McMahon versus Wilton in the second round, and that wouldn't surprise anybody. McMahon played so well down the stretch once they got healthy, um, but Simsbury played really well all season. I mean, yeah. Simsbury's been a very strong team. Uh, they lost to Grange by one, you know, the opening game of the season, but that's so far. I mean, look at this. So long you got ago. Danbury, Darien. Well, the, you have the FCAC regional there. So yeah. You have Danbury against Darien, and they play the winner of Staples against West Hill. Uh, it sucks <laughs> that they all have to play each other in yeah. the first round. You want to play other teams, but. And then you even get lower in the bracket. You got Ludlow Amity. Ludlow who. Beat Richfield. Beat. They just didn't beat Richfield. They beat him by two touchdowns. Yes, they did. And a two-point conversion. <laughs> and a two-point conversion. <laughs> right, so that's not an easy game for Amity no. in the first round. Um, Manchester and <coughs> Newington have both been, had really strong seasons, even though they're 10 and 23 seeds. There's only, like, when I went through the bracket, I think I, I took, like, five teams and threw them out. Everyone else, I thought, had a chance to at least make it to the semifinals. Yep. Um, that Hamden-Connard game is really interesting, and if... Whoever gets through that and plays Ridgefield in the second round, that's a really interesting second round game. Yeah. Uh, Newtown and Ward is a really good game in the first round. New Milford and Greenwich is a really good game in the first round. This is as good of a first round that I remember in any baseball tournament. I just think the double L teams are so good across the board this year, and there's not a ton separating them. You no. know, like Fairfield Prep obviously had the best season, they yes. had the best record, they played in the best conference, but they're not a shoe in. To go anywhere in this tournament with yeah. the teams that they're facing, like if Norwalk pitcher comes out and pitches really well, you know if Ben is their number one guy and comes out and pitches well, they're a young team, but they can knock them off. And then Trumbull's always good in these tournaments. Yeah, we we talked about Trumbull. You know, will the real you know Trumbull baseball team please stand up? Because we've seen them have highs, we've seen them have really high highs, and we have we've seen them have really low lows this year. So you wonder which team is going to show up. Because they could easily lose in the first round, and we could be like, oh, what if? Now, they won nine of the last ten regular season games. That's what we say about Trumbull every year. As the season goes on, they get better and better and better. They lost in the FCI tournament. They, <laughs> I don't know if we even talked about that. We did talk about that. Ben Farrell yeah, threw a no-hitter no and, yeah, and lost the game. So Fairfield Prep does not want to see Trumbull. Not that Trumbull is going to easily get by Southington, because Southington's a really good team, too. But if Prep has to see Trumbull in round two, that is a that's as hard of a second round game as, as a number one seed. The can thing have. is that I will give Prep is they have the pitching depth. They do, yes. They have uh, the guys that they have. Just in terms of uh, you know, they could they could use you know Stone in the first round, and the guy that they have in the second round is just as good as him. Exactly. You know, right. they go with Mancini, or maybe Mancini and then Stone, and all of a sudden they're in the quarterfinals. Right. So. You know, you need and that Will Lucas hasn't depth. even gone on the mound, and yeah, and you haven't even seen Will Lucas yet. Right, yeah. You know, so that's why that's why I like prep. Yeah, that's why I like prep too. In I just think that they have but... so much depth, but anything can happen. It's you know, we saw it in the SCX with uh, with Alex Price. Right. You know, you got, you got he just bombed. didn't have it, and he got bombed. You don't have it one night. That's, yeah, that's baseball too. But right? I think I personally think we're going to see Alex Price in the second round of the state tournament. I don't think they're going to use him in the first round against Harvard Public. Republic. Yeah. I don't. I don't think they have to, but well, I think who if Alex Price pitches in the second round against Hampton or Condard, watch out because I would not want to face that kid. No, and, and the two other kids they have, DeLuca and Arts, are certainly worthy of being number one stars on yeah. most teams if you didn't have Alex yeah. Price. So pitching him, one of those guys against Harvard Public, yeah. is not really, it's a slight step back from Price, who's all state, yeah. but it's not a step back from most teams, and you're still probably going to have a better starter than what Harvard Public's going to bring. Yeah. I just one. think I'm not. I don't want to face Alex Price coming off of his last start. I think he's going no to way. absolutely shut whoever he faces down. He should be locked in. Um, you know, unless there's something physically wrong with him, he should be locked locked in. Yeah. Coming into this tournament, um, we could talk about the double L draw all day. Yeah. Uh, again, it's really hard when you 
because everything we say about the first round could be totally wrong. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but there are so many players. You want to, you want to talk about players to watch? Let's in talk about L. players to watch. There's so L. many players yeah. to watch in Double O. Uh, I'm going to start with Sean O'Malley from Darien. Uh, he's been the DH. He's established himself as one of the best hitters in the state this year. He's a power hitter, but if you think he's a raw power hitter and you try to shift on him or play him to pull, he can hit the ball the other way. He takes what's given to him. He's just trying to put the ball in play most games. He has become one of the most dangerous hitters in the entire state, and he is the heart of that Darien lineup. Yeah, this is a Darien team. They won the FCX. You know, they haven't really made deep runs into the playoffs. I, is it possible this year? Possibly. Maybe. I don't. I personally don't like their draw. And I don't like their draw and the fact that they're going to have to play Staples in the second round, who they beat in the FCX. But this is Staples in the state tournament. You know, it's yeah. a little different. Speaking of Staples, I'm going to go with Chad Knight. I think even as a junior, the fact that he's their best pitcher and their best hitter, I think that's a combination that he might be the best player in the double L tournament. His power is so great at the plate. He hit an opposite field home run at Cubetta in the FCAC championship game. Went oppo again off the fence later. To have that kind of power to the opposite field and be able to pull the ball, and he can run the bases, he's a legit hitter. (laughs) The only problem with him is he's kind of floated positions, first base, third base, but you find a spot for him and you just put him in the lineup. And he's a kid. He pitched the he pitched the double L finals last year, then beat Amity. He had a home run in that game. I mean, that's a kid who was, who was a sophomore at the time. Right. I'm taking Chad Knight any day of the week. I think that's a very fair pick. Uh, I'm, my next pick is going to be Will Nowak from South Windsor. Uh, he's a throwback. He plays shortstop. He pitches. Uh, he's led South Windsor in every single way this year. He also swings an elite bat. He's like a vacuum cleaner at shortstop. And he's probably the best pitcher, or one of the best pitchers in the CCC. If South Windsor's going to make a run, which I think both of us think they are capable of doing, yes. that kid's going to be at the top uh, for them. Absolutely. Uh, I'm going to go with the Gatorade Player of the Year, as of announced this morning, uh, Pat Winkle, Amity. You want to talk about opposite power. The first time I ever saw Pat Winkle play was against Chad Knight. Chad Knight's freshman year, Pat Winkle's sophomore year, Amity, Staples, opening day, FCAC, SEC Challenge. Pat Winkle hit an opposite field home run over the monster fence in left field at Staples, and then I actually talked to Pat about it last week, uh, two weeks ago when I was at an Amity game, and spoke with Pat, and I was like, hey man, by the way, and I brought it up, and he just kind of like laughed it off, and was like, oh, you know, it got it got in the wind. <laughs> like, you, no, 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 no. To hit an oppo field home run at Staples to the, over the left field fence, you got to get more than just it had wind under it. Kid's super humble. Kid is super talented. Every ball he hits is hard. You know, getting him out, you keep you keep that ball. You get him to swing and miss on a pitch, you have him autograph it after, and you keep it in your bag forever. This kid is legit. He's the real deal. I let, Like I said, I think Chad Knight is the best overall player in the bracket because of what he can do on the mound and on the field. But I think Pat Winkle, deservedly so the Gatorade Player of the Year, I think he's the best player in the state. I think he absolutely deserves that award. And you have to remember, too, Gatorade Player of the Year also takes into account community service. And, and he does and, a lot and, of it. And how they do in school. Yeah. So anyone that starts chirping, which I'm sure will happen on Twitter, yeah. this kid's better, that kid's better. Pat Winkle's really good at baseball, yeah. legitimately one of the top three kids in the state. Plus, when you add in all the other stuff, he is totally deserving of yes. the Gatorade Player of the Year. Congratulations, Pat, and Amity is. We'll get, we'll get into Amity in a little <laughs> bit after we get through the players. Uh, I'm going to go with a kid we've obviously talked about a lot this year, but Will Lucas. Uh, he just does it all for, uh, for prep. He's mashing the ball at the plate. Uh, he fills in that super closer role, which has become so important at all levels of baseball yeah. now. If you can come in and close a game, pitching two, two and a half innings, and completely shut a team down, that's huge. And that's what he's been able to do. And the fact that Prep has that kid in their back pocket anytime they get into a late inning situation yeah. makes them so dangerous. I mean, even in any game, if they go down 2 nothing, 3 nothing, you could turn to Will and he'll pitch the rest of the game. Yeah. I mean, he's an unbelievable kid, unbelievable talent. Um, scored the game-winning run in the SECs, pitched in the semifinals uh, the game before in the doubleheader. He, he did that super closer role there. Kid super talented. I'm going I'm going off, not off the reservation. It's just not a crazy pick, but it's outside of the SEC, outside of the FCA. going with Jack D'Onofrio from Simsbury. Yeah. This guy has been lights out every single game this year for Simsbury. He's always on our top performers list. Um, every time he goes out, Simsbury has a has a good chance to win the game, and having a guy like that in the first, you know, having a guy like that in the state tournament, Simsbury could easily make a quick run to the to the quarterfinals, and it would be because of him. So, 
my last kid is another kid we always talk about, but Ben DeLibadell from Cheshire, ace of that staff, one of the top arms in the state. Um, anytime that kid's on the mound, you're going to have to scratch out yeah. runs and hope your pitcher is on top of his game because you're not scoring more than three runs against And even kid. even he's come out into a pseudo-super closure role. He starts as well, but even games where he's not starting, right. he can come in and kind of pitch those two, three innings down, uh, one, two, three innings down the stretch to really lock in the game. Um, and then there are just a couple other kids to mention. Uh, obviously, Dylan uh, Lafieri yeah. from Wilton. Kid's going to South Carolina. Yeah. I mean, how have we talked about this kid? Uh, unbelievable. He's won two SEA championships in his, in his, in his career. Uh, they have East I think he's going to Arkansas. Oh, he's going to Arkansas now. switched. Okay. Anyway, great shortstop. Yeah. Uh, great kid. You know, great career. Uh, Henry Williams over at Darien. If Darien's going to make a run in the state tournament, it's going to be because of their pitching, and they have two very good ones. Yeah, Justin Jordan, uh, who's their center fielder and pitcher, and Henry Williams, who's a junior, who's going to Duke. They're the reason that I've talked about Darian all year because they have really good depth at starting pitcher. They play really good defense. They're a reason why I like Darian in this tournament. And when you look at a potential second-round game, the first-round game's not easy. you got to play another FCAC team. If they get into Staples in that second-round game, Staples beat them once, they beat Staples once, neither of their top two pitchers has pitched against Staples this yeah. year. Williams and Jordan have not taken the hill against Staples. I think that gives Darian a little bit of an advantage if, the, if those two teams play. Yeah. Which is not a given. I mean, we're going to talk about this a lot next year because they're both juniors. Right. The fact that Henry Williams and Chad Knight are both verbally committed to go to Duke in the same class. Yeah. That's pretty absurd. Awesome. That pretty is, that's pretty awesome. Because, you know, Duke Duke's a very good baseball program. You know, Marcus Stroman went there. And uh, the rapper, I'm hip, Mike Studd. I don't know if you ever heard of him. Yeah, yeah, He no. He was an All-American a, a, a reliever at yeah, Duke before yeah. he uh, had Tommy John. So yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm hip. Um, and then, you know, you got He also has an unnatural love for Marcus Stroman. <laughs> He's a Long Island guy. He's a Long Island guy. <laughs> that must be it. Um, and then, obviously, we talked about Alex Price at Ridgefield. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't want to face him. He's going to be coming in with a chip on his shoulder. I wouldn't want to face Alex Price in Ridgefield. And then... Quietly putting together an unbelievable season down in Hamden. Tyler Osborne on the mound for right. Hamden. He's become their number one starter. He's become their go-to, and he's pitched against Fairfield Prep twice in the last two weeks, and it was one nothing games each time. I yeah. mean, the SEC game went to nine innings, and it was Mancini versus Osborne. Osborne threw eight of those nine innings with 101 pitches. Mancini threw 99 pitches in nine innings. Or 10 innings, whatever it was. It was something wild. So Tyler Osborne, on the mound for Hamden, has really turned into this number one pitcher who can lead Hamden pretty deep into the tournament if it breaks their way. Uh, one more kid One more kid I want to mention is Ben Farrow. Obviously, he, when I talked to some coaches at the FCAC <coughs> tournament last week, they were the kid that they said he's the best pitcher in the FCAC. Yeah. He threw the no-hitter in the FCAC quarters and lost. He is really, really good. And could carry Trumbull here. Again, I don't know if they use him in round one. They might have to because they're playing Southington. If he matches up against Prep, that's a really dangerous a really good game. Really dangerous game for Prep. Yeah. Um, all right, let's get into your final four first. All right, my final four. In the first and top of the bracket, I have number one Prep versus number five Staples. Um, the Staples Darien game is very hard in the second round, but time after time, Staples wins in the state tournament. Sure. They do. They win in the state tournament. Hard to pick against them. It's hard to pick against them. Look, obviously, would they like to win FCX? Sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. It would be nice. It would be a nice little medal to put on their thing, you know, right next to the gigantic thing that says state championship. <laughs> um, I think they care about the state title. Um, and I, Staples wins in the state tournament. And I, I'm, taking, I'm taking Jack. I'm taking Chad. I'm taking uh, Roy. I'm taking Chris uh, Drubel. They're Durble. They're Durble, their center fielder. Great name. I'm taking him. I'm, I'm going with the Wreckers versus Prep in the semifinals, and then I'm going Amity Newtown in my second semifinal. I think Newtown has had an unbelievable season. They ran into a very good pitcher in the SWC finals, and I think Amity's Amity. They have the best player in the state in Pat Winkle. Okay. Let's not forget, they only had five losses. Yeah, and they only had five losses. Everyone's gonna they had three off. losses in the beginning of the year, and everyone just kind of <laughs> forgot about them. Yeah. Look, they have Pat Winkle, and they have Sal Capole. Yeah. Okay, I am not betting against Sal ever. You can't bet against Amity in the double out tournament No, either. you can't. They're going to get there. They're going to be there. They're going to be at the dance. The, the year they're not in the final, let me know. Yeah, that's <laughs> when it'll be a big deal. <laughs> it's been a while. Yeah. So those are my semifinals. Do you want me to give my finals? Yeah, give me. Okay, my finals 
it's a rematch of last year. Amity, Staples, and I'm going to go with Staples again. I, I back spoke to, to back. I back to back. I spoke to a handful of other people who have seen both of these teams, and one reporter told me, and I quote, Staples is really, 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 really good this year. Yeah. Um, so I'm taking Staples back to back double L titles for the records. I like it. Um, my picks are a little bit different. Uh, I have Prep as the only team that we have the same. <laughs> oh, wow. I have Prep making it to the Final Four. Um, I took Darien to, to win that. I have no Staples pedigree in the state tournament. I wish that they were not playing each other in the second round, but I've been talking all year about Darien's depth of pitching and their defense. That's what wins championships. I know that the team that wins the FCAC tournament rarely makes a run in the state tournament. I think Darien's going to change that this year, and I think they're making it to the Final Four to play prep. Uh, on the other side of the draw, I like South Windsor. I've talked about them all year. I think they're a team that could really go deep here. I like South Windsor in this tournament. And then the last team, again, for their depth of starting pitching, is Richfield. I'm taking Richfield to go to the Final Four. When you have three legitimate starters like that, it can do wonders for you. So if they can hit and play a little bit of defense, we'll see if they can recover from that loss to Ludlow. I think they can. That's my Final Four. Prep, Darien, Richfield, and South Windsor. In the championship game, I have Prep playing South Windsor. Uh, and the winner, uh, I'm going to go with the number one seed, uh, and I'm going to take Fairfield Prep to, <coughs> to win the state title. They first, won the SEC this year. Title. It would be their first championship in Double L. They're just so good. This is their time to win. They have so many good players all across the lineup. They're pitching so deep. It's really hard for me to pick against them. I've also said that they could lose a trouble in the second round. I still believe that, but... If I'm going to pick who I think is the best team in Double L, I think it's Fairfield Prep this year. They're my pick to, to I've win. I've seen it all. them. I've seen them a handful of times. They have so much talent, so much depth, and they've proven that they can win these close games. That said, are the bats going to come alive? They have it. They can, but they won the SECs two to one. They won, you know, the round before one nothing. They finished their season with a one nothing win. Those are great, and those build character. But are the bats, you need to hit in the state tournament. Eventually, you're going to have to put up four or five runs yeah. in a game and, and win a game because some game, someone's going to hit your pitcher. Exactly. Someone's going to hit your Yes. You have to bail out your pitcher sooner or later. And I'm not saying that that could happen. They could easily win every game 2-1, to one, one nothing, And that would be incredible. Yeah. Portland did that a couple of years ago in Class S. Yeah. And that was incredible. But this is the double L tournament. And, you know, these teams can hit and can prep, put up the runs. And I, I think I will be proven wrong because I think they have monsters in that lineup. Yeah. But I'm, I need to see them put up runs. Because, hey, if Trumbull doesn't go with Farrow in round one and Ben pitches round two, that's a one nothing 2-1 to type game where you need to score runs. Yeah, you need to score runs. All right, that is the state tournament. That's who we think is going to win. Hopefully we don't have to have an emergency podcast tomorrow. <laughs> um, the only positive would, would would be I think I'd get pancakes tomorrow. I went with eggs and toast this morning, yeah. but I think I'd go pancakes tomorrow and kind of spoil myself. It'd be nice to mix up the breakfast order yeah. and, and do two in a week, but I also hope that with some of our picks can at least hold. <laughs> uh, let's do our dirt dog for this week, and then dirt we will dog. get out of here because we yes. know we've already been on for an hour. Yes. Uh, my nominee for the dirt dog was Justin Jordan of Darien. Made a diving Superman catch in the seventh inning of the FCI Championship. He's a real, just a gamer and a gritty kid. He, he, he pitches, he plays center field, he bats lead off, he bunts for hits. Yeah. Love this kid all season. He's my nominee. Uh, but let's talk about who the... The winner is, the Dirt Talk of the Week is... Pete Scopoletti, nice Italian, um, catcher for Fairfield Prep. He wasn't the starting catcher at the beginning of the year. Dan Falcaro was an injury... Kind of took in uh, out from behind the plate, moved into a different spot, and Pete's kind of taken it and run with it. Um, yeah. We talked about Fairfield Prep staff, and an important part of his staff is having a great catcher. Yeah, and you know Pete's done a great job uh, with the the Jesuit staff, and then his bat he bats at the bottom of the lineup, so he's there as a defensive catcher, and he's a very good one. Yeah. But he comes through in the second inning, two outs, base hit, gives Prep the lead, one nothing. In a game that, you know, one or two runs was going to make or break this game. And that's how it was. Hand ties it. And then Falcaro wins it uh, in the sixth with the base hit. So, shout out to Pete. Um, he's got a great name, too. So, uh, so next week we'll be back. We'll be talking, you know, we'll be mid-tournament. Semifinals. Then. Semifinals. I think we'll, have, I think we'll, know I think we'll redo our picks. Unless there's weather, uh, it should be going into the semis. So, we should be able to make some picks for that. Then we will do a show... 
Saturday, directly <coughs> after the finals, we're going to record another podcast recapping everything. That'll be up Saturday night. And that'll like be up immediately Saturday night. after. Well, once I get home. So there'll be two podcasts next week, uh, Tuesday and Saturday, and then we'll come back the following week to kind of recap the yeah. entire season. Yeah, well, as well. actually, next Tuesday is the fifth, weather pending, semifinals are that night. Right. So we might, we might actually spend all day together. That'd be so nice. That would actually be yeah. fun. Breakfast, lunch, and Breakfast, dinner. lunch, and dinner. Oh, man. Sign me up. As yeah. long as we can go to the diner every time. Just to go to the diner every yeah, time. just go to the diner. <laughs> All right, listen. Uh, this has been a, a fun one. This has been my favorite podcast that we recorded yeah. this uh, this season. Uh, we know it's twice as long as the rest of them, but we really think the information in there is top Well notch. worth your time. Well yeah, worth we your think time, it's well worth your time. Yeah. Uh, we put a lot into this. We're very excited about the state tournament. You know... If you listen to like the second episode, you know, we're kind of like, oh, God, is this season going to get started? <laughs> because it just rained and rained. You know, I think we got into the third episode and like six teams hadn't played a game yeah. yet. And now we're sitting here, episode eight, and we're like, all right, we're here. Like, let's do it. So it's finally here. Uh, this has been awesome. Uh, as always, guys, keep your gloves down. Don't ruin the game for your friends. I'm Scott. I'm Pete. We'll see you next time. Later.